Welcome to another edition of the Business and Life Channel by Peter Daniels. Here, every week, we explore business and life through interviews, stories, and shared information. You'll meet some amazing people and gain valuable understanding of not only what people have achieved in business and life, but their thinking behind their achievements, their motivations, their struggles, and victories. You'll pick up on the lessons they've learned, the things they did on their business and life journey that worked, why they did it, and maybe even some things they wouldn't do again. So let's join Peter for this week's episode. We trust that you enjoy it. Today I have a very, very good friend and a client on board to chat with, and his name is Arthur Panagis, and he owns a business called FMG Wealth Strategists, and welcome to the Business and Life channel. Arthur, welcome. Good afternoon, Peter, and um, lovely to be with you and your listeners. Yeah, well, Arthur and I go back a long way, and I was thinking about this the other day, Arthur. I think it's probably 20 years, maybe a tad more than that. I reckon 97, what would that make it, Pete? make it 26 years, mate. Yeah. Okay, 26 go. years. Crack, so, cracked uh, over the quarter of a century. Well, that means mm. we've done some life together as well as some business. So that, that's yes. that's been lovely. So let's go back even before that. Where did it all start for you? Because I th- from memory, you're, you're from the Riverland, aren't you? Yes. Um, Deb and I are both from uh, Renmark in the Riverland. Mm. And so grew up in Renmark. Mum and dad obviously migrants from Greece in the early 60s. So, yeah, we lived on a fruit orchard and then another one until moving to Adelaide, you know, back in, gosh, I don't know, 87 or 88 when I was probably in my early 20s to yeah, right. pursue an accounting career. Yeah, yeah right. Well, mm. life would have been really, really different back on a fruit block back then, Arthur. Um, simple. Oh, my God. Mm. The, the road. Yeah, from and I'm yeah. not trying to make you sound old, but the road even no. from Adelaide to Renmark then was a bit dangerous. Still is, but it yeah. was it was really dangerous back then, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, mm. Uh, I think when I left Pete, they were paying us to pull out. Um, it was called the vine pull scheme. They were pulling out. You got paid money to pull out your vines, which mm. you know later on down the track you'd think, well, that was crazy because yeah. What a huge industry it's become. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's became. Yeah, no, they were paying you to pay it, pull out your trees. And <laughs> in a world that needs food, that seems really stupid looking back now, though, doesn't it, eh? Yeah. You're right. Still a bit of a fruit bowl, I think, up that part of the world, for it sure. Is. And let's hope mm. it stays that way, even with uh, yes. you know, some of the developments that are happening in the tourism. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you came to Adelaide um, to to do an accounting role from memory with SCIC. I think that was where you were working, wasn't it? Yes. I think my first gig post-school was at the Remark Council as a 2IC to the Deputy Town Clerk. So you did all sorts of stuff, you know dealing with the road gang and obviously admin office stuff, but then did come down to continue my accounting qualifications. And yeah, SGIC was one of the yeah, ones where I probably spent the most time at, Pete. Yeah. Okay. Which and was interesting. Yeah, it would have been. And, and you would have been doing accounting work and sort of a one person among many, I would imagine. I think back then there was like 800 staff or something and it was still quite a big concern but it was going through its due diligence to eventually sell to GIO who now as we know is NRMA but and we were in the finance investments area so it was yeah it was it was a really interesting role and 
you realise back then that they don't make a lot of money out of insurance. It's where they make the money from is um, a lot of the investments that they make and from that side of things more so. Okay. So, mm. and where in the picture did you meet Deb? Did you meet Deb up in <laughs> the Riverland or? Up yeah? in the Riverland, yeah, in Remmark. And Debbie came down probably a year earlier than I did to start like a hairdressing beauty therapy sort of role, which ended up buying a salon. And huh. so I think she came down probably a year earlier than me, Pete. So okay. more or less followed her. Up or down, whatever you. Well, uh, yeah. it's it's a good thing to follow her because she's a, she's a good gal. So yeah, um, yeah, she is. So she she had this hair and beauty salon. So, that's right. And then oh, I'm trying to think the year, Arthur. What would it have been? Mm. Maybe late 80s, early 90s. What yeah, would it be somewhere. Yes, there? it would have been. I reckon because I moved down. Yeah, it would have been probably 88 or something. It was yeah. it was more or less. Soon after I moved to Adelaide, we bought the salon and, yeah, Debbie was operating that while I was at SGIC. Mm. And so part of that journey, a little further on from there, was Mm. that there was this new thing called software that came in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And software promised to do a whole lot of things and there was software around scheduling and how to interact better with your clients and how to put Mm. together a system that was not card-based. And and I think the story goes that Deb had a look at one of these systems and was really impressed with it and sort of came back to you and you guys decided, well, hang on, maybe there's some good money to be made in selling software and servicing it as well as doing haircuts. And Mm. my memory of it is that you guys bought the rights to this software at some point. When would that have been, Arthur? I reckon that was, um, Pete, you know what, that was in 97. So it was a little way down the track with the salon. The salon was probably seven or eight years old and we were using the software and I got good at learning how to use it for all the accounting stuff and the payroll and soon after that it was the bass and um, and yes, we got to know it quite intimately and then the opportunity came up to, back then it was a, a franchise or a loose franchise for SA and NT back then, and then eventually Tasmania. So mm. we we got involved in it was a complete com- career change, and that's when I thought I better <laughs> I better go and learn something about uh, sales and and yes. and all that sort of stuff. Otherwise, we might be we might starve to death. Even though we did keep the salon maybe the first year or so. Yeah, right. And then we realised, ah, oh, you know what? I think we'll make this a go mm. and. Um, continued on from there. Yeah, and that, that's when we met and I have really, really, really fond memories of of sitting down with you in the Hilton Hotel after yeah. that had opened up and and talking about sales and what you can do with yeah. sales and how you could sell more and mm. and you did really well at that, Arthur, and, and, and I think that's encouraging for a lot of people who have a skill base that they thought that mm. they could use and that they would use all their life and yours was accounting and – Mm. Can we put it this way? Accounting is probably a fair way away from sales, <laughs> but you yes. learnt it and you did really well at it, didn't you? It was good. Yeah, I really did enjoy that, Peter. And I think it was just the merging of that accounting stuff and learning sales and services industries. Very, you know, clients are very demanding of them, and they they're very demanding on the people that they deal with. So it was a 
yeah, good learning a lot about business owners and how they operate and about service and all sorts. So yeah, it was a it was a great experience, Pete. Yeah, I I can remember sitting down and talking about your sales budgets and what you can do to improve sales mm. and how you present mm. and, and all of that sort of thing. It was, it was wonderful days doing that, absolutely wonderful. And then, yeah. as you said, you you had S A N T and then you took on Victoria Tassie, Tassie, yeah, just Tassie, yeah. Okay, mm. and then you built that up, and you did well at that because I reckon you won an award or two doing that, didn't you? Yes, we used to have like awards leading into the end of the calendar year, which always resulted in a trip to the Asia Pacific region with the family, which was great. It mm. became a real family type business. So, if you achieve certain targets by the you know end of September, October, then you had till Christmas to get some more targets to make ensure the family's all coming along. Yeah. So there's plenty of motivation to get pushed out the door early in the morning to go <laughs> get to work. Get to work, get selling. Yeah, let, <laughs> You've got a reason to do this now, haven't you? So, yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, was And, really and you and Debbie went on many of those, didn't you? I think we did about 11, 10, 11 trips in the Asia-Pacific region. And the kids, I think, were around for most of them, maybe not the first one. So... It was really great life experience, Pete, going to all these different locations for a couple of weeks, um, mid mid late January mm, mm. each year. Yeah, that that was good. Yeah, and I remember uh, I was running a session for you guys. I reckon it was in the Hilton Hotel in Sydney, um, yeah, for the whole group, right. and yeah, you know, doing some work with them and getting yeah. them clear on what they they would do because there was a stage here where I think. Some of them started to think there must be something else in the water in Adelaide because you were doing really, really well. <laughs> I think we were punching above, well above our weight in yeah, uh, sales um, compared. I think our territory all up was seven or maybe eight percent of the whole country, but mm. we were doing double that in sales. So yeah, yeah, yeah that, mm. that's good. Well, that's testament to you. Arthur. <laughs> Had a good teacher, Pete. Well, yeah, but it's a testament to you as to how good you did in applying this information because. Yeah. Information's there. It's it's how people apply it. So so you did mm-hmm. that, and and during this journey, we've we've not only done the sales stuff. We've sort of morphed into other things as well because you've sort of now changed directions on that because the software life cycle was coming to an end, and then you decided to change careers again, and that was more of a sales, yeah. caring, finance role, and started FMG Wealth Strategies. That's right. Thanks. So. What is FMG Wealth Strategies? What do you do now, Arthur? So, yes, the software franchise thing not necessarily came to an end, but it was definitely disruption was happening mm. and, the, you know, the, the introduction of subscription sales were coming, uh, software was coming in. So mm. it was time to move on. I think we were the last remaining franchisee licensee in the group. So I had a little bit of a think about what, you know, should do for my next stage in life and, mm. Really love the numbers stuff, but didn't particularly want to go back to accounting. And so, uh, you know, the, that wealth space was of interest. And FMG stands for Financial Mastery Group. So the whole idea was building, you know, a financial mastery group to help business owners predominantly, you know, with all stuff related to, you know, understanding wealth building and protection strategies. Mm. Which is really important because I think so many business owners are really focused on the numbers in their business and not really developing a plan outside of that for where they want to end up. Mm. 
in a, in a finance sense. So, yeah. And during your journey, you've also written a book. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, that was really early in the piece, Pete, funny enough. I actually had written a book before actually we officially started our own business because I, I okay. did do like an apprenticeship at a practice, a large practice for about three years. And then from there, we more or less launched our, you know, FMG Wealth Strategist. But I did write a book and it was called The Art of Building Wealth. And it identified what we called five steps to building wealth on, on a bit of an accelerated path. And the book was a little bit unique because each of the steps re- reflected a martial art color of a belt, you know, mm-hmm. th- that runs through the different stages right up to black belt. So it was a little bit of a unique thing. And I look, look back now, I thought, well, that was a really interesting concept coming up with that. But I still have the book and we update some of the tables and that, you know, from year to year. Yeah. And it's been a great little prospecting tool, but it's also clients and prospective clients get to learn a little bit about us and why yes. we started the practice and yep. and so forth. And that goes alongside of your interest in Taekwondo and your elevation through hard work to Black Belt. And mm. Uh, mm. that process, I dare say, you've learnt a whole lot of things around goals, discipline, motivation, you know, nutrition, all of those yeah. sort of aspects and are now applying some of those thought processes to people and what they're trying to do financially. Yeah. You know, Pete, there's that saying, how you do one thing is you how you do all things. Mm. And um, it was something that I got roped into by two of the three kids that wanted to start, and this is martial art, which was taekwondo, and mm. um, we all went on a bit of a journey until we all got to our first black belt and the kids stopped at that stage, and they were reasonably young, but they were young enough to have them go through for that eight or nine year period to get to that stage. Mm. And I just kept <laughs> kept going on. But the black belt's really significant, Pete, because the reason it's black is it represents the universe mm. in respect to it's forever expanding and it's limitless. So there's always time to keep improving and getting better at something in yeah. in all facets of life. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Mm. And mm. that sort of is in sync with what you and I are about too, is is continuing mm. to learn and grow and develop and take the next step and find out how far up is, you know? Um that's yeah. that's well, we're, all, we're always learning, aren't we, Pete? Yeah, What's yeah, that saying yeah. if you're not if you're not you're not growing, you're you're rotting, right? Yeah, exactly. So mm. exactly. So as a financial planner and as part of the focus that you have with our business owners, what are you noticing that it may be some of the oversights, shortfalls that business owners have in in that area of protecting themselves, protecting their assets and putting together a good plan? I think the main reason of writing the book originally, Pete, was just watching what mum and dad sort of went through with their struggles and, you know, business owners really not, neglecting themselves more so for others in their, you know, business and so forth and not, um, you know, put it. It's better nowadays where they put money away for super or at least towards, you know, a building that they're running their businesses from. Mm. And, yeah, they do, they can neglect some of that sort of stuff, that's for sure. Mm. And really we're there to help with that sort of stuff. Having been there ourselves, right, or or experienced that through growing up with with our parents, you know. Okay. Voids drive values, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really good. And the world continues to change, and just as you've seen disruption in software and 
<laughs> I was trying to think how much you were selling that software for back then. Was it like 10, 12, 14 grand, something like that? It was something like that. I think there was like a base package which included the hardware and the software was 10, yeah, so it was 10, 12 and up to 15 grand, which back then was probably a lot of money. Paid. It was a lot of money. Um, yeah. But and- we did provide, I think, a good service level to not a million people, but just, you know, a hundred odd people. And I think we did, yeah, a bit of a boutique service, which then disappeared a bit with the, you know, introduction of subscription software that was nothing, you know, or next to nothing. And that Um, was a disruption in that situation. And, of course, if you're selling a, a product or service for 12, 14, 15 grand and you're selling X number during the year, uh, yeah. if it all of a sudden drops to $69 a month, gee, you've yeah. got to sell a heck of a lot more to, to actually make yeah. that work. Um, yeah, and what sort of service level are you providing for exactly. that too, right? Uh, yeah. Mm. And I've noticed just in my journey a little bit that I reckon that's what's happening in – part of the protection side of insurance. And I did mm. say you'd see that as well, where years ago, yeah, you'd get, a, in inverted commas, a proper policy where yeah. you might need to go and do a medical. Yeah. I'm talking you know, 20, 25 years ago. You'd, you'd do that. You'd be approved. Uh, you'd have a certain comfort in knowing that there's a contractual arrangement in place that is mm. real. But now that has has also seen some disruption happening where mm. you know, during dinner at night or watching TV after dinner, you can be exposed to get a million dollars worth of life insurance for next to nothing. And mm. um, I dare say you've seen that too. And, and it's not all that it seems at times that you are fully protected if you buy some of that sort of insurance. True? Mm. Yeah, that, that is true, Pete, because, yes, you can buy online stuff, but I think the thing to be very cautious of is having some sort of underwriting done pre mm-hmm. because it's all well and good buying a policy and paying the premiums, but if there's nothing being underwritten or anything looked at, re any possible pre-existing conditions and whatsoever don't worry when you go to claim that will come up and they'll want to know that stuff then Mm, mm. so underwriting sort of allows the company to say to you yeah we've accepted that and we will pay out if there's a claim yeah yeah Mm. yeah i had a conversation with someone not so long ago arthur who was looking at some of that insurance and and i explained it to them this way i said yeah you can buy it but it's almost like sometimes when you go to, if someone goes to claim, you, you have to have been hit by a red car travelling <laughs> north on the left-hand side of the road and the body has to be facing west before they'll pay out. You know, it, it's... Something like that. Like, it's really, really difficult with yeah. some of those ones. At a time when you're grieving, you really do need to have a simple system to follow it up and get it sorted, don't you? So. Oh, yes, certainly. Yeah, and, and I dare say you've seen that too, Arthur, where people have had to claim and mm. if they've got a proper set-up policy, mm. it's smooth and it's easy and it, and it does what it was designed to do, which is to relieve pain mm. and suffering. No one ever says, you gave me too much, Pete. It's almost like, oh, God, I could have had more, yep. you know. So, yeah, it definitely serves a purpose, that's for sure, that's uh, if not for them, for their loved ones left behind. Exactly. 
exactly. Mm. So before we finish today, Arthur, and, and I mm. need to put on the record, I have thoroughly enjoyed our personal and professional relationship and and that's what seems to happen. We start out with a professional relationship, and before too long, it ends up being a personal relationship. And it's just been lovely yeah. to you know, spend time with you and Debbie on occasions and um, yep. go on the cruise. Come the cruise. Yeah, the cruises, we did that. That was great. That yeah. was good. Had, had a lot of yeah. fun, met some good people, learned a lot. And yeah. you, you even participated in running a session on the cruise, which was fantastic. That was great. It was a great group, that, that group that was with you at that time, Pete. I'm sure they've all been great groups. Oh, um, yeah. Hanging around you, yeah. Oh, it's it's been wonderful. But <laughs> just thinking about your journey, what's been the benefit to you of the Lead Australia process and learning the sales yeah. and being coached still? in the current business that you're in? You know, the word sales sometimes brings up all sorts of connotations, but that old saying, uh, uh, nothing happens on this planet until a sale is made, right? That's so, true. you know, I like to think of it as telling the truth in an in attractive way. Yep. And you still need to do, obviously, everything properly. But, Pete, I think you've been really good because you've taught all those sales skills, for want of a better word, mm-hmm but also instilled some of those old-fashioned values that I think are still very prevalent today Yes, that you may not get from others. And you've obviously lived living a, a full life and uh, your experiences come into play here too. Uh, in fact, you know, we've got a young recruit starting his professional year next year and he, and I'm sure he'll be up to it, is um, spending some time with you to learn some of those things that yes. they might not get elsewhere. So... Um, Probably, you know, leaning on not only your sales skills, Pete, but obviously what you've experienced dealing with a myriad of different professionals and, you know, business owners across so many different industries. No, it's been great, Pete. Yeah, it's, it has. It's really been fantastic. And, and I've, I've enjoyed it and I've enjoyed, you know, on occasions catching up with you and Deb and, uh, and we need mm. to do more of that too, don't we, eh? We do. We yeah. do, Pete. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, thank Mm. you for your time today, Arthur, and thank you for being part of uh, my life and I've I've enjoyed the discussions we've had, the the struggles we've worked on together, the Mm. victories Mm. we've had, and it was just so nice to look back and go, you know, those 11 or 12 trips that you took because you were selling well, you were punching above your weight and Mm. I think you're still punching above your weight, mate. And uh, I know from experience in referring people to you that you do look after them and that you do a good job with your uh, FMG strategist business. And I would encourage anyone who's listening to this, if they haven't sat down and looked at where they are and where they want to be in that space, Arthur would be a really good person to talk to and I'll include all the details for Arthur at the end of this podcast. So thank you again, Arthur, for being on the Business and Life channel and we'll catch up soon for a coffee, all right? Thank you, Pete. And um, again, you know that old saying, uh, the books to read and the people you meet, well, you've definitely been one of those people we've met along the way that has um, taken Deb and I under your wing um, along along this journey. And I'm sure we've got plenty plenty to go, Pete. Yeah, we have, mate. We've Thanks. got plenty of energy and plenty of goals. So uh, we'll, we'll Thanks so much keep for going today, for huh? Okay. Yeah. Cheers, Pete. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us for today's edition of the Business and Life Channel. For further information, extra learning, and assistance with your business or life's journey and aspirations, Peter can be contacted at leadaustralia.com.au. That's L-E-A-D Australia, one word, .com.au. 
he'd be very happy to help. The information in this podcast can be downloaded for your personal use, but it cannot be reproduced in any form without the written consent of Lead Australia.